Welcome to the Grace Point Church Podcast. Here at Grace Point Church, we believe in meeting people where they are and leading them to where God wants them to be. Join us now as we listen to this week's message. One early morning, I was driving to work. I was half asleep. I was on my usual route. I parked into my usual parking spot. And as usual, I was a few minutes early. So I was sitting in my car, and I was staring at the front door of the hospital. That same door that I walked into every morning, that same door that I walked out of every night. And as I was sitting there, this, this thought just stormed into my head. What in the freaking world am I doing here? <laughs> my first job out of college, barely four months into my career, and the only thing that I could think about was, I want to quit. I thought, okay, maybe if, maybe if things were a little bit different, maybe if we had different management, or maybe if we weren't always so short-staffed, you know, maybe things would be a little bit easier for me. Maybe I wouldn't be struggling so much. I knew that I wanted to help people. I knew that my job was important, and I knew what I had to do. I also knew that I wanted to bring honor to my family. Disney's Mulan um, is, is a movie about honor, and it's one of my favorite movies because I always admired Mulan's bravery. And, and she wants to bring honor to her family by, by joining the army. There's a, a little bit of a problem, though. She needs to break the status quo, so the army, the, only, the army was only made up of men. And as you saw from the clip, she went through vigorous training. She was disguised as a man. And throughout her, her whole journey, she faced a lot of difficult circumstances. And along her journey, she had a, a dragon. Not, not a big dragon, but a small dragon. His, uh, his name was Mushu. And he, he was sent by uh, her ancestors to, to help her along the journey, to encourage her. And when, when Mulan would struggle, she would, or Mulan, Mushu would, um, see what the warrior inside her that she didn't see herself. And he, uh, Mushu continued to, to encourage her. Mulan knew what she had to do. She knew why it was important to do, but many times she didn't know if she was good enough. And for me, during this particular time in my career, just like Mulan, I was afraid. Just like Mulan, I didn't know if I was good enough. In my mind, I was convinced that I wasn't good enough to be a nurse. You know, and I think the worst part of it was, you, you know that logical part of your brain? It, it, it speaks to you and it says, you know, you shouldn't be complaining. You know, you have it so good, you're, you, you've made it, you're a nurse. Why are, why are you thinking this way? If, if I'm thinking this way, then there must be something wrong with me. So I kept it to myself. I isolated myself like I have a tendency to do when things get tough, and I continue to struggle at work. Has this, has this ever happened to you? Maybe, maybe you wanted to go back to school to you know, get another degree or to finish a degree. Maybe you wanted to ask for a promotion at work, but, but you were afraid. Maybe, maybe you've hurt someone, but, and you wanted to ask for forgiveness, but you didn't know if you were good enough. You knew what, that it was important. You knew what you had to do, but 
You didn't know if you were good enough to do it. We've all experienced this. This isn't something new. This is something that people have been dealing with for literally thousands of years. And today, we're going to meet someone who went through a similar situation. Like many of us, he felt insecure. Like many of us, he was in a tough spot. Like many of us, he didn't feel like he was good enough. His name was Gideon, and his story took place over 3,000 years ago. Now, at this time in history, well, Gideon, Gideon was an Israelite, and at this time in history, the Israelites were God's chosen people, okay? But the Israelites also chose to follow God. And at this time in history, there was an interesting pattern to the Israelites' behavior, and try, try to follow me here. So at first, everything was good. The Israelites had a good relationship with God. And when everything was good, they would start to forget about God. So then they got into trouble. So they would call on God for help, and as, all, as God always does, God helped them. So when everything was good again, they would forget about God, and they would fall back into trouble. So believe it or not, about seven or eight years ago, I was 45 pounds heavier than I am now. Yeah, it was in college, I was 45 pounds heavier. One morning I was sitting in my college dorm room, uh, super early in the morning because I was trying to be a good nursing student. I was eating cafeteria, my, the cafeteria made breakfast, and you know that feeling when you, you, you can feel like someone is literally looking at you? Like you can almost literally feel it, Some, like someone's watching you? I had that feeling, and so I looked over to my right, and there's my, there's my roommate, he's sitting there, and he's looking at me, he's staring at me. So I look over to my right, and he says, dude, you're so fat now, you're just like me. And I, I'm, I'm looking at him, and I'm like, a lot of bad thoughts came to my mind, but I didn't say anything, and, but it, it, it was the reality, right? So. It was hard to admit, but it was the reality. And so I, I got into the famous uh, diet and exercise routine. I started going to the gym every day. I started to eat nothing but salads every day. And I started to feel good. I started to drop pounds. And I started to feel good. So I kind of start, started to forget about you know, what got me there. I started go back, going back to in and out I started to getting, <laughs> getting donuts over at Rolling Pin on San Bruno Avenue started eating Flaming Hot Cheetos while watching Breaking Bad on Netflix. <laughs> and before, it, before I knew it, my, I, I, I got those pounds back, and I was back at square one. I fell into the same pattern as the Israelites. And doesn't this, doesn't this sound kind of familiar? Doesn't this happen to all of us sometimes? Maybe many times? <laughs> this time, the, the Israelites they fell under the rule of, of Midian, under the people of Midian. And the people of Midian were called the Midianites. Now, if you don't know where Midian was, Midian was the country that today would be along the border of Turkey and Iran. The, the Midianites were not very nice to the Israelites. They were actually very cruel to the Israelites. So I imagine this, the Israelites, they would try to make crops for food. But whenever they tried to make crops for food, the, Mid the, the Midianites would attack them. So in order to avoid them, the, the Israelites would camp in the land and try to hide. But 
they're hiding so they can't eat. So they began to starve. In the Bible it says, so Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Listen, while we're talking about fun facts about myself, I love karikare. It's my favorite Filipino dish. It's basically an oxtail stew. Get, get this in, in peanut butter. And it's delicious. My mom makes it the best. Um, I might be a little bit biased, but I've yet to be proven wrong. Now, I don't know what your favorite meal is, but try to imagine your favorite meal for a moment. You've worked hard all week. You've worked hard all week, and so you cash in your paycheck, you go to the grocery store, you buy the supplies, right? You buy the supplies and all the ingredients, then you go home. You go home and you start chopping vegetables, you start slicing meat, you're, you're chopping, you're frying, you're sauteing, you're chopping some more. And hours later, after all that hard work, it's ready. <laughs> it's ready. It smells perfect. It looks perfect. And oh, it tastes perfect. And when you're ready, so it's ready, and you set the table. You set the table, right? You put the dishes down, and you're ready to eat. And then all of a sudden, someone kicks in your door. Someone kicks in your door. They kick you down. They're kicking everything. And they take your food. They take your favorite dish. They take your kare kare away. <laughs> and they walk away because they've been watching you. You think, okay, maybe, maybe if I fight them off, but you're outnumbered. Okay, okay, maybe if I call for help. Well, the, the problem with that is it's happening everywhere. So no one can help you. This is what the Israelites had to deal with every single day. Now, Gideon's story, Gideon the Israelite, is recorded in the book of the Bible called Judges. And if you have your Bibles with you, or if you have your Bible app with you, you can turn with me to Judges. We're going to be in chapter 6. And if you don't have your Bibles, or if you don't have your Bible app with you, we're going to throw the verses on the screen. <coughs> Sorry. And we're going to be in Judges chapter 6, verse 12. And this is what it says. The angel of the Lord appeared to him, uh, appeared to him Gideon, and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Now, the angel of the Lord appears to Gideon for the first time here. And if you read Gideon's situation before this, it, it explains that Gideon is in the middle of threshing wheat at, a, at, at the bottom of a wine press. So at the time, a wine press was basically, basically a big hole in the ground where people would step in to make wine. And so Gideon is literally hiding in a big hole. And he's threshing wheat, right? So threshing wheat basically means he's trying to separate the grain from the stalks of wheat. He's trying to hide food because he's starving. The Israelites are starving. And Gideon was doing this so he, so he could survive. I, I imagine that when all of this is happening, Gideon is thinking to himself, I just need to do what I can to survive. I just need to do what I can to help my family survive. That's what he's focused on, right? That's, that's what's in his head. And then in the middle of all of this, the angel of the Lord appears to him and says, Mighty hero! 
the, the, the angel of the Lord quickly calls Gideon a mighty hero. I mean, imagine what Gideon must have felt like. He's like, mighty hero, me? Like, look at me. I'm, I'm, I'm in a big hole in the ground. I'm starving. I'm just trying to survive. Like, how is that heroic? He must have felt anything but mighty. I mean, being a hero would imply that he has done something great, right? But in this case, maybe he's about to do something great. I don't know if you've ever had to stay at a hospital, but at the hospital, there's something called a charge nurse, and a charge nurse, a charge nurse basically oversees all the other nurses. Like the charge nurse is the big boss nurse, and they overlook the other nurses, and they, they want to make sure that the department is running, running smoothly and, 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 and efficiently. Usually the charge nurse is the one who's the most experienced nurse, and usually the oldest, and usually who has the most, who's most familiar with the hospital's policies. Now, remember at the beginning, I mentioned how I would have one of those days at my job where I was like, man, I, I just want to quit. I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't, I can't handle this. Well, I remember one particular day, I was, I was, ha I was in the middle of one of those days. I thought to myself, you know, I'm not, I'm not good enough for this. I just need to make it through today. And on that day, during, during break time, I was in the break room, and my charge nurse, her name is Shandon. Shandon. And we were in the break room. She was in there, I was in there, and she was chatting it up with a lot of other nurses. She was laughing and, and chatting it up, and I, she was probably gossiping too, but um, I was sitting across the room at another table. I was sitting there by myself, right? I was about to tear up. Just kidding, I wasn't about to cry. Mostly. Um, so, in my periphery, I see, I see Shandon stand up. And that feeling of when someone's watching you, that, that came to me again, right? I could literally feel like she's watching me, she's looking at me. I see her come to my periphery, and she sits down right next to me in the chair. And, I mean, there's, it's a big table, so like, why do you have to sit next to me? I mean, <laughs> I think that's what I'm thinking. You know, I'm not having a good day. I don't. And she comes up to me and she says, Jeffy, not, not Jeffrey, okay, Jeffy, <laughs> you're a great nurse. It, keep, keep, even though you're still a puppy, you're a great nurse. Keep doing what you're doing and maybe one day you'll be teaching other nurses. Maybe one day you'll be a charge nurse. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, what? I, I'm sitting there, because the only thing that was going through my mind was, you know, I was struggling, I was overwhelmed, I was, I was on the brink of quitting, and this lady, she's, she comes up to me, and she says that I'm going to teach other nurses? Like, what, what am I going to teach them? Like, how to quit? Like, it, like, but, it was, but it was at that moment that... She saw something in me that I didn't see myself. She encouraged me. In verse 13 it says, Sir, Gideon replied, Gideon replying to the, the angel, Sir, if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? 
And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the, over to the Midianites. I mean, look how Gideon responds here. He's like, sir, in many other times in the Bible, when an angel would appear to the Lord, when an angel would appear to a person, the person would be terrified. They're probably like, oh man, what, what have I done this time? But not Gideon. Look at, look at, it, look at his response. He's not phased. He's, he's basically like, yeah, sure, whatever, mighty hero. But why? Why is Gideon like this? Maybe, maybe Gideon was so depressed and felt so overwhelmed with the difficulties that he was facing and that the people he cared about were facing that nothing like this, like, this didn't phase him. Have you ever experienced anything like this before? Where you felt so overwhelmed by a tough situation that, that you couldn't see past next month? That, that tough situation, you were so distracted by it by, that you couldn't see past next week? Or maybe you were so consumed by it that you couldn't see past tomorrow. This is where Gideon was. Gideon asks, why is, are all these bad things happening to me? And angel of the Lord, if what you're saying is true, then, and that the Lord is really with us, then why are all these bad things happening to me? In verse, in verse 14, it continues, and it says, Then the Lord said to him, then, then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have. And rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. God himself turns to Gideon now. Notice how in, in verse 12, it was the angel of the Lord. Now it's the Lord turned to him. So the Lord himself has turned to Gideon. Have you ever been at a Best Buy or a Target or like a Walgreens and all of a sudden you see like a commotion where there is an employee and a customer and they're causing like some commotion because the employee is like complaining about something and then people all around are pretending to mind their own business but they're not really minding their own business <laughs> and then the manager walks in. The manager walks in and has to try to defuse the situation and tries to take care of the situation. This is what's happening here. God, now the Lord himself has turned to Gideon. God comes in and he says, okay, okay Gideon, let me, uh, okay angel, let me take care of this one. Let me take care of Gideon. You see, this is what God does. No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter who you're with, God is with you. He's there with you in the middle of all of it. You may not see it, but God is calling out to you every day. God comes to us. How many times do we think, okay, maybe if I turn my life around, then I can go to God? Or, you know, I've made too many mistakes. I've screwed up too many times. I'm not worthy to go to God. But, but listen, Gideon and the people he cares about, they're at a low point here. They haven't called out to God yet, but still, God arrives. 
This is the kind of God that loves us. God then says, go with the strength you have. Okay? Go with the strength you have. Notice how this is in the present tense. Right? God is telling Gideon that he already has the strength. He already has the strength to save Israel. He's not like, okay, Gideon, let me put you through some training. Or, okay, Gideon, you need to hit the gym first to have the strength. He says, you have the strength already. He's saying, Gideon, even though all you see are your people starving and your people suffering, you're, you're already a hero. Even though all you feel is starvation and, and you don't feel like you're good enough, you already have the strength to save them. You have the strength of a mighty hero. In the next verse, verse 15, it says, sorry, it says, verse 15, it says, but Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. You see, Gideon's not done here. He's still questioning God. He says, but Lord, you know, all, everything that you said is great and all, but my clan is the weakest in the entire, in the whole tribe. I'm physically and mentally unfit for this mission. I don't qualify for this job. And I'm the least in my entire family. The least, when, it, when he says the least here, he means he's the youngest, by the way. He's the youngest of his siblings. He's saying, isn't there someone who's older than me that, that should be doing this instead? In the next verse, verse 16, it says, The Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. What God is saying here is that Gideon and the Israelite army will destroy the Midianites so badly, it will be like they were fighting one man. Despite the fear and the doubt that Gideon has expressed and has told God, God still believes in him. You see, this is what God can do. He can appear in a way that's totally unexpected. In Gideon's mind, he isn't strong enough, right? He isn't strong enough. His, his clan is the weakest in the whole tribe. He's too young, and he's too young. He feels like he's too young. He, he's the least in his entire family. Basically, he doesn't believe, Gideon doesn't believe that he's qualified. But look at what God's doing here. Even though Gideon is convinced that he's unqualified for God's work, it doesn't make him unqualified. Even though you're convinced that you're unqualified for God's work, it doesn't make you unqualified. God will always qualify the unqualified. If you read through the end of the chapter, into the next chapter, chapter 7, the Israelites won. They defeated the Midianites. It was, it was a happy ending. Now, it took me a, a while to realize this, but I'm glad I did. You might think that you're too unfit or you're too young, or you're not smart enough, or you're not, you're not fast enough, but that doesn't stop God from working through you. 
You might think you've made too many mistakes, or you're too poor, or you're too broken, but that doesn't stop God. Listen, to God, there's never too many mistakes. You can never be too poor, and you can never be too broken. The way that you see yourself in your situation does not change the way God sees you. Whether you're in that situation because it's something that's been done to you, or whether you're in that situation because it's something that you've done to yourself, it doesn't change God's desire to step in and help. When we trust that God is with us and allow him to lead us, then we are able to find a true solution to our problems. So what big problem are you facing now? What is life throwing at you that is so difficult, that, that's so challenging that you, you know in your mind that you're not strong enough to handle it? Are you in a financial situation where you're not sure if you can pay rent next month? Are you trying to decide whether to find a better job, but you're unsure because of all the risks that's it, that it takes in, in working in a new place? Or are you in a bad relationship where you're afraid of leaving because you're afraid of being alone again, of feeling alone again? Here's what I've experienced. And here's what I know. When you rely on God, He can magnify your strength and use it in ways you could have never imagined. He can take you through situations you once thought were impossible to get through. Listen, remember in the beginning, I, or near the, near the middle, actually, I told you about my charge nurse, Shandon, and she, told, and she encouraged me during those days that, that I wanted to quit. That, that was about four months, four months into my career. One year later, at that same job, I became a charge nurse. At that same job, at the same department, I worked alongside Shandon. She saw something within me that I didn't see. God sees the hero in you that you don't see. I would like to leave you with this. Fast forward from Gideon's story about a thousand years later, there was an, there was a, an apostle named Paul, and apostle means sent one. So Paul was sent to tell others about, to tell others about Jesus. And uh, Paul experienced firsthand what it was like to, to have God use his weaknesses to reveal, uh, to show God's strength. He sums it up in Romans 15, 13, which says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't have it all figured out. Far from it, actually. But this is my prayer for you today. This is my prayer for all of us. And that we will remember this. God's, God's view of you is not affected by your view of you. God's view of you is not affected by your view of you. When we make the decision to trust God and when we realize that our hope is in Him, that 
is when we find true joy and true peace. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Grace Point Church is located in South San Francisco, California. For more information, look us up online at www.wearegracepoint.com.